0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book and we are at page 19, starting with the second paragraph. If we keep on the way, reading through three paragraphs, ending with how we may help meet their need. Comments will be on all. Today's readers are Nadia B., Rachel W., and Lynn F. The Share ID for Tuesday, January 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 10,956. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, it is 10,958. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals I will now ask Ruth W. to read
1: the 12 steps. Hello, this is Ruth W., a compulsive overeater from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and while we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, I
0: Thank you, Ruth W. I will now ask Lisa S. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, the 12
2: traditions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Tradition 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our uh, group conscience. Our leaders, but but trusted servants, they do not govern. Tradition three, the only requirement for OA membership is his desire to stop eating compulsively. Tradition four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups of OA as a whole. Tradition five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Tradition six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions Tradition 8 Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition 9 OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those who serve. Tradition 10 Overeaters Anonymous had no opinion on outside issues, hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11 Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the levels of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Tradition 12, anonymity, is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so very much, all of you on the line, for working this program.
0: With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 19, with the second paragraph, if we keep on the way, reading through three paragraphs, ending with how we may help meet their needs. Comments on all. I will now ask Nadia B. to begin reading.
3: Good morning, visionaries. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in the large cities are overcome by the reflection that, that um, close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that, we, that which has been so freely given us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting for the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with drinking problem. Of necessity, there will have to be discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which which would contain no basis for contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and respect for their opinion are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Um, so much in these three paragraphs. Uh, you know, I think for me today what this book is is the instruction. So it teaches me what my job in recovery um, is today and i you know what i 'm learning from this um paragraph is that my job in recovery is to grow towards uh certain ideas uh, ideal and um and it is carrying this message in a certain way and um for me that way is uh you know uh, with tolerance respect of opinions of others and um the attitude I have to pick up is, um, you know, what makes me useful? And I have to ask myself that question. I have to to ask my higher power. How can I be useful today, you know, without bringing controversy? And, um, you know, for me today – I, I do attend face-to-face meetings. And when I do, and from the very beginning, I um, was taught to carry this message um, and that it is my job. And, um, you know, I, I've been sitting in the same OA rooms for years. And when I go to my OA meetings, they still do look a lot the same. Um, you know, we do still share our fearing feelings. We do bring some masks. Um you know into um as you know as a people without solution, and uh, for me today you know I drag my big book everywhere with me, and i don 't live in my house usually without my big book that's my um you know my instructions for living, and i um love the first um page. It is the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered. And um, I say that at every OA meeting that I attend. Um, And I suggest this book to everyone, even though, um, you know, some of us, we just don't want to see or read it. But it is my job. Um, And for me today, it's not controversial. This would help me survive my disease. And um, that's what I think of when I say recovered. I do think about people that are still suffering. And um, it brought me a lot of hope. Um, And you guys brought me a lot of hope. This meeting brought me a lot of hope. So I bring all this information and and suggest to try this. Um, to everyone that I know who suffers with this problem. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nadia B. And for those who just got on the line, we're on page 19, starting with the second paragraph. If we keep on the way, reading through three paragraphs, how we may help meet their needs. Comments will be on all. And who would like to share? Marcy. Marcy, Larry.
4: Lisa B. Tina S.
0: Larry. Lisa B. Tina S.
1: Anyone else? P. M. Janice
0: PM. Janice PM. Barbara P. E. e. Uh, bar- Before Barbara E, there was someone I couldn't catch it. Amy G. Amy G, gotcha. Okay, we will start with this group. Marcy, I did not get your uh, initial of your last name.
4: S. F? Okay, S. Sam. Got it. Go
0: ahead, Marcy. F- Hi,
4: I'm Marcy. Going forward, covering compulsive over here from New Jersey. And that last line on page 19, most of my sense that real tolerance over people's shortcomings and viewpoints or respect for their opinions or attitudes, which make us more tolerant of others, really spoke to me. Because I can be a very judgmental and opinionated person. And even just sitting around in o. me, I can sit there and judge and hate everybody. But, you know, I realize that when, when something about somebody else bothers me, it's really a reflection upon what bothers me about myself. And I learned in a way that I'm not going to like everybody. Not everybody has to like me, but I can respect everybody and their opinions. I can keep an open mind and learn from everybody. And if someone pisses me off, I can pray for them. And then my my message is that as principles and four personalities, I can learn from others, even if I don't like them. And I can be a service to I can be a service to them, too, by keeping keep an open mind. So I'm very grateful for the program and for me me and for all the means of for our way in general. Thank you, everybody, for your service.
0: Thank you, Marcy S. and Larry K., followed by Lisa B.
5: Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. I uh, appreciate it. This is Larry K. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive reader, and I'm from Chicago. Let me start my timer here and go. Okay. So, um you know it's it's an interesting thing because you know what's inter- what I find interesting is the fact that you know when i got well cuz i tried to get well i tried to get myself well i tried to, to to apply what i was learning when i came into oa and it just wasn't happening for me okay it just wasn't happening and i th- after a while i thought you know maybe there's something wrong with me I, I had thoughts that maybe what they're telling me or what I'm hearing is, is just not what's going to get me well. I, I didn't know. Or maybe this is just a big fantasy, a big nothing. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. You know, if I have a brain tumor, you know, I'm going to go to i uh, I'm going to go to a specialist. I'm going to go to a surgeon who specializes in that area. And I don't know if she will have a good bedside manner if she'll be nurturing. I don't know. That, that would be nice if she was, that type of brain surgeon. But I tell you what, if I'm dying of a brain tumor, an out of control stage four brain tumor, you know, I, I want someone who's very adept, who knows how to get me well. Now there's no guarantees in life, right? And that might not be a great analogy, it's probably not, but I'm gonna use it anyway. If she doesn't have a good dead side manner, that's okay. That's okay. You know, conversely with this, I know what got me well. It was working these steps, working them precisely, imperfectly, of course, but working them precisely. And so sometimes nowadays I think I carry a message and and, and it can be disturbing sometimes. I can use, you know, I can use um, – you know, because imagery is real important to me. I, I use like one of, the, one of the things, the imagery that I use is my heroin substance because I really need that for me. Because the moment I think that my substance is not like heroin, although, you know, my Oreos and Milk Duds and pizza and what whatnot is legal, absolutely legal, but it was killing me just the same. So I try my best to be loving and tolerant But I know what got me well and it was working these steps and it effectuated through the implementation of the steps, um, I I was brought into alignment with my higher power. Not perfect alignment. I'm still human. And one of the things that happened was the obsession was lifted. And when I carry the message today, it's if you work these steps and you follow these instructions precisely, you can have the same thing you can be brought into alignment and you will begin to change and be internally restructured. And so sometimes if I disturb, I apologize, but it may be all to the good. I know for me, I needed to be disturbed. Anyways, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Larry K. Lisa B followed by Tina S.
6: Good morning, this is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, Julie, for your service, and thank you for everyone that's here. So grateful to be here in this meeting. Um, the line that jumps out for me this should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. And there's so much that comes out for me in this whole reading, in, in the entire, all of the paragraphs. But what jumps out for me is that this is hardcore, this is life and death. And I need to treat this with the same seriousness as an alcoholic, as a drug addict, as someone that. Is going to die and the thing with this illness is that it's so um, it's really brutal and that death doesn't always come quickly you know in the body but it comes through my spirit and I'll never really have lived and I prayed this morning before I shared and I asked God to just show me what is it I need to see that would be helpful to someone out there listening what is it I need to see and what jumped out for me is in the doctor's opinion It says, many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in the hospital. While here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. So this reading is already beginning to touch in what the root of my problem is, which is selfishness and self-centeredness. But they don't tell me that until I get into how it works. My problem is not food. That's my solution. My problem is living life and a, a spiritual malady which shows itself is deeply, deeply rooted self-absorption, self-centeredness. And these steps, this is the only option for me. That's why I need to see It's life or death. There's two options. Get well through the 12 steps, doing them entirely abstinent and recover or die. But remembering that death doesn't always come quickly. Um, The other word that jumps out for me is tolerance. Oh, boy. It's amazing how this word is reflected or talked about in this book and the Tenth step it talks about love and tolerance is our code. It doesn't just say love. It's also tolerance. And they say that because they know that we as alcoholics, compulsive overeaters, I have a very difficult time tolerating. And that means the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with. I need God's help every day to tolerate but you know the other thing I need to learn is to tolerate discomfort of getting abstinent and going through the steps that it's not an instant change of how I'm going to feel that I'm going to probably feel like crap until I'm in the 10th step that was my experience and I need to learn that but knowing that the other option is death it helps me keep going with the intensity of a drowning dying person with that I pass thank you for your service again Julie
0: Thank you. Lisa B, Tina S, followed by Janice PM.
7: Thanks so much, Julie, for your service. Tina S recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Well, you know, and I say this always because it just feels so freeing that I belong right here, right now, and I'm so grateful for the shares, and, you know, one of the things that I have to remind myself constantly is that this is a book of instructions, and it's already been shared, and to read the black, you know, because I'm all about, you know, I I, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth, you know, when I first got here, I, I didn't speak, you know, my anorexia at that point took me to a place I didn't speak, and then in my compulsive eating, all I did was talk, you know, so to find a balance on to really carry the message, and not just a message, is is a, is a wonderful experience for me to continue to learn how to do. And and it tells me here it says, how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? And then it tells us right here we have concluded to publish an, an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it and, and to carry these directions and, and I and I do that today, you know, one day at a time. And uh and I and I love the, the initial share and it is about, you know, me being an example of the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and the program of recovery and the transformation that comes about through the 12 steps. And, and what am I doing today, regardless of what anybody else is doing and how can I present, you know, which has been so freely given me. And it is, it really truly is working with others. And when I got here, I really did not want to hear that. Thank you very much. And it's just the truth, but the transformation is, has come about that I do get up in the morning and I ask God what I can do today for the man who is still sick. And that makes me emotional because, you know, when I got here, I could have cared less. You know, and it wasn't a conscious cared less. That's just what I grew up to be. It wasn't I didn't wake up and say, well, I'm not going to give it to anybody else. It's all about me. It's just who I had become. And the transformation makes me someone else today. And what a gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Tina S. Janice P.M. followed by Amy G. Yes, good morning, Julie.
8: This is Janice, PM, and I'm a Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. All right, I'm going to just take words out of this text. In paragraph three, it says, we have concluded to publish. Well, who are we? Well, first of all, if there's a 100 recovered compulsive overeaters, how unselfish of them to publish a book so you and I, thank you God, could could read this and get a solution. That's the first thing I see, because they were convinced, they concluded, they were determined that this is the answer that they found. What a miracle. And then, of course, it says, of necessity, because, you know, necessity is an essential part of um, this program. And, you know, you might say, oh, you know, medical, psychiatric, social religious we don't you know we don't get into that however we have to know the history too um that these people years ago they didn't have a book before but they endorsed this program and you know you know when we we used to i as as a sponsor i have my sponsees read page 569 that's the medical review you say i don't want to read that i and i'm telling you if 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 you don't do it with them, I don't believe we'll do it, because I didn't. That's what I'm just basing my experience on. And then in the laser reward, you know, the 571, and the religious view on 572. We have to remember the pioneers. These are the people that endorsed. They were advocates of this program. I don't know too many advocates of the OA program today, but... This is the miracle that these people, this is how the program grew with these advocates. They endorsed it. And, uh, you know, this is all talking, this paragraph, these paragraphs here is all talking about what a recovered compulsive overeater does, what we have learned as a result of of the steps in the spiritual awakening, because the most intolerant person was me. And boy, was it a barrier. Barrier to me to recover because I knew and I wasn't going to tolerate you, and I was self righteous, and uh, it was a big barrier. You know, people's shortcomings, their weaknesses. I want you to understand me, but for me to understand you, oh no, you have to do it my way. So, this is a very, very important um, principle for the tolerance of other people's weaknesses and to have respect for somebody's opinions say, you know, but of course, you know, our attitudes get us into trouble. But I just want to mention that, you know, like uh, yesterday, we're always thinking of others, the group, the group, uh, thinking of the people that can't get into talk here. So we're always growing. And, you know, that's because we're recovered and there's a higher power working at this meeting. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice P.M. Uh, Next, we have Amy G. followed by Barbara E.
9: Hi, Julie. Thanks for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, great. Um, Thanks, everyone, for an awesome meeting. So many could recover if they had the opportunity we had enjoyed, and how then shall we present that, which has been so freely given us. For me, uh, how we present this is by working the 12 steps and becoming recovered becoming into that recovered state, and then carrying the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. Our job, it says here, our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depends upon our constant thought of others and how we can help others meet their needs. Again, if we refer back to the big book, it says, what is our purpose? To be of maximum service to the still suffering compulsive overreader, I'm not done at step twelve. My whole goal is not only to get recovered through the process of working the twelve steps, it's to get recovered and then carry the message to the still suffering compulsive overreader. It says here, hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. I, all we have to do is go to our local overreader's anonymous meetings and carry that recovered state and the Big Book with us to those meetings. And that's that's my job to do that, is to carry a message. But in order to do that, I can't give what I don't have. I have to get recovered first. I have to put the food down by the grace of God, work these 12 steps. And then I have to move forward. And I love the part about most of us sense real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and respect for opinions and attitudes. You know, when I come to an Overeaters Anonymous, because of the focus of becoming recovered and the disease of compulsive overeater, that unification that we're just all there trying to get recovered, I don't see black, white, heavy or not, rich or poor. I mean, it talks about this in just two pages ago, in the beginning of the chapter. It says here, we are people who would not normally, would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship and a friendliness and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. And the understanding is that we have a disease that will kill us. I have a disease that will rob me of my life and if not, kill me at the end. So this idea of, of unification, it's a fact that We want to recover and we want to carry the message. And my life, my program, my spiritual maintenance depends on my ability to get recovered and be able to then turn and share the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater and that my life depends upon it. If not a selfish motive, then it's also one we're sharing with, with another. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy G. And now it is Barbara E.,
10: Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey. Thank you so much for your shares. I appreciate all of you. Wow, these paragraphs are so important for me. They explain clearly why the book was written. Word of mouth is great, but having a tome, something written that explains the steps, the principles, the understanding that there will be contention over matters religious, physical, psychiatric, and explaining that this is an all-inclusive book, that there's no one right way. I also wanted to point out for myself that the difference in the editions, the first, second, third, and fourth, show the growth of AA over the, over the decades that it went from being basically an all-white boys club to including race, religion, country, gender. We grow, we understand. If we can explain to people through our own experiences and show them in written word how these steps have helped us to grow, to become kinder, less me-centered and more other-centered, It is so worthwhile. The uh, AA uh, 12 Steps, the big book, has changed my life in ways I never thought could happen. I sit across from my husband and our son at dinner. We listen. We look. The eye rolling has stopped a little bit. It's genuine conversation. As was said yesterday, there has to be family time for me as well. So during dinner... It's a no tech edict. No phones, no calls, no iPads, no Googling to get references. After 7 o'clock, I go back to it. I always say to my sponsees, Your bre- when you call me in the morning, you're the dessert for breakfast. You're the dessert for lunch. You're the dessert for dinner. Getting phone calls is what keeps me abstinent and tolerant. And the experiences and the twelve steps promulgated in this book are just miracles, absolute miracles of recovery. I'm so glad to be listening to everything that everyone has to say today. Thank you so
0: much. And I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. I'd like to let everybody know where we are in the book. We are somebody is unmuted and it's really hard to talk. Page nineteen, second paragraph. If we keep on this way through three paragraphs. How we may help meet their needs, and comments will be on all. Who would like to share? Vasa O, R. Vasa o and Nessa R. Anyone else?
11: Jeanette S.
0: Jeanette S. Leah M. Leah M. Jennifer B. Jennifer what Jennifer I didn't get your last initial.
12: Um H,
0: please. <clears throat> H. And somebody after Jennifer. Lindsay B. Lindsay B. Okay, we'll stop there. So we have Vasa O followed by Nessa
4: R.
13: Good morning everyone. Thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm Vasa Grateful, Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater calling from from Florida. And I am so, so grateful to the person that carried her message to me when I, came, uh, when I came to Overeaters Anonymous. And the message was, the food, put the food down, and the message was, I learned I had the allergy of the body that I had no clue, I had no understanding, and the mental obsession. And she gave me hope. And when I read the... Um, the, this big book at the beginning and how these hundred men and women recovered from this seemingly hopeless disease. And I it gave me hope if they did it and if the people that I came to the program did it, maybe I, w- I have a chance to do it. But I did have the gift of desperation. I did not want to die. If I did not put the food down, I don't know where I would be today. It is by the grace of God. I got the power once I surrendered to my higher power, and I said, I can't do this any longer. I can't. You can please help me. Help me do this. And I started getting the help, one meal at a time, one day at a time. But it was a torture to put the food down, even from one meal to the next. I remember going five minutes at a time and then gradually I went through the withdrawals and then I started feeling better physically oh my goodness I started getting more energy and I lost the weight within six months of my program and I was going to leave oh once I lose the weight I'm going to leave but I thank God I stayed there and I listened and listened and listened it's a threefold disease physical, emotional, spiritual, and they carried the message to others. I could not carry it till I got the message. So this is what I do. This is my message. If you're a newcomer, stick to the book. Read the book. Do whatever it takes. I did whatever it took not to go back to the food, and I'm just grateful. Just follow the directions. If I could do this, anybody could do it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Nessa
0: R, Hi. followed by Jeanette S.
13: Hi. Um, good morning.
12: Vision for you. My name is Nessa R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater right. in Toronto, Canada, and I apologize. My dog is barking in the background. Um, our very lives of ex-problem drinkers depend upon the constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. I mean, not to sound cliche, but this is this is a, like a very existential question. It's a very the very purpose of life, the very purpose for which I was created. And it's reiterated in so many um, places in the big book. You know, um, you know, page 77 says, our real purpose is to feed ourselves, to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. Um, page 89, it says, um, uh, to be helpful is our only aim. Page 94, um, Uh, uh, that that we place the welfare of other people ahead of his own. Uh, And, you know, there's many, many, many more places. And, you know, I've shared so many times on the line, you know, I spent four and a half decades uh, pursuing my own happiness um, under the delusion that once my life uh, met my specifications, Um, And everybody did what I wanted them to do, and things were just so, then I'd be happy. And, you know, that was futile. It never happened. The more I pursued it with zealousness, with determination and willpower, it didn't matter. The more I pursued it, the worse things got. The The more I'm happy I became, the more everybody around me I became. You know, and as a result of the transformation that came about by my practicing entire abstinence and following the instructions outlined outlined here, you know, precisely, um, I've been transformed and now my focus is not on what I need, but what I am needed for. And doing that, I actually have found contentment and purpose and meaning and happiness because that's where happiness comes from. You know, happiness doesn't come from you know, being thin or having pretty clothes or lots of money or people liking me and being popular and, you know, all those kind of things. Happiness comes from um being purposeful from being helpful being useful to others to the point that you know as part of my prayer and meditation i do pray for my family i pray for my children i don't pray for them to be happy Um, i pray for them to have meaningful purposeful lives because that's where it's at and what is more meaningful and more purposeful than serving god and helping others and with that i pass thank you
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Jeanette S. followed by Leah M.
11: Hi, this is Jeanette S. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Jeanette S., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Maybrook, New York. Um, It's interesting how one word can jump out at me off of these pages. Uh, at the bottom of the page, most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. And the word that came out was real. Most of us sense that real tolerance. And I'm like, so why did they put this word real in there? Well, I know why. Because <laughs> I can tolerate people. You know, like... Hand on the hip, wagging my head, finger, tolerate people. You know, like, okay, I will put up with you. Um, with a big fat attitude, with my big fat body. And um, so they put the, I can see why they put the word real in there. Like true, honest, tolerance, not this put on attitude, tolerance. <clears throat> So I looked up tolerance, the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular the existence of opinions or behaviors that one does not necessarily agree with. So real tolerance for me is is acceptance, is allowing, is willingness. Um, It's not this attitude tolerance. and it's just, you know, I love this book. I love his use or their use of the, the language. Um, and I'm just very grateful to be here and grateful to be recovered. with that,
0: i Thank you, Jeanette S. Leah M. followed by Jennifer H.
14: Thank you very much for your service. We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. When I look at those two sentences, uh, I think about the focus of these men and women who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, uh, they were on a mission. They were on a mission. They had one high mission, and that was to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffered from alcoholism. And it's that same mesh, message that, um, you know, thank God uh, we have today in in our meeting um, to carry the message, the 12-step message, to those who don't know there's a way out from compulsive overeating. You know, what a blessing it is to have uh, fellows who wrap the globe who all can declare that the same 12-step process that was penned in 1939 uh, has restored them to sanity. You know, just think about it. The first 164 pages have been left untouched because no one's been able to improve on the program of recovery. So I have a chief responsibility. We have a chief responsibility to the newcomer every day, and that's an adequate presentation of the program of recovery. So when I uh, speak, I can't carry just any message. I can't carry my personal message. I have to carry this message, and I do it with great joy, self-preservation, and love. Um, It is a very focused message. I have a lot going on in my personal life. Some of it may be quite interesting to you, but it's not something I bring forth on the meeting. There may be discussion meetings where perhaps that type of uh, information and entertainment might be appropriate, perhaps, but not on a line like this. Recovery is our purpose. Combined experience, that means first experience, And then what? Then knowledge. It's not just information, it's an experience. An experience of the twelve steps, a transformation, a spiritual awakening as a result of the implementation of these twelve steps that has led to a personality change. I am not the same person I was before embarking on this program of recovery. And so that's that combined experience and knowledge is what I try to offer today. It's beyond the intellect. It's a spirit-guided life. It's knowledge that brings forth wisdom of how to apply the program of recovery. You know, so we who have recovered are living proof that some power greater than ourselves has restored us to sanity. And it's with that humility and obligation that we try to help others. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Leah M. Jennifer H., followed by Lindsay B.,
15: Hi. Good morning. This is Jennifer H. Um, Grapefully Recovering Compulsive eater in Virginia. Um, and I just started reading, working with others with my sponsor last night, actually. And so what we read today kind of goes hand in hand. and It echoes a lot of what Leah just said. But um, I, as I've been working through the steps, you know, it's been a lot about me and my stuff and, and turning things over and make, cleaning up the wreckage in my life and all that and um she's she asked me last night you know what do you think about start thinking about sponsoring and my first thought was what do i what do i have i have failed at this so many times and all that but i will tell you the last four months of my life it's been um pretty amazing Um, and it's because of doing exactly what you guys are talking about reading this book and doing what it says and not getting distracted by all the other stuff and um When I said that, when I expressed my nervousness about reaching out and helping others, she said, you know, it's not about you. It's about showing up, asking for help from my my higher power and getting out of the way. And um, I'm just, I'm nervous and excited about that opportunity. But as I read here, you know, it's vital. Um, Out of necessity for my recovery, I need to do this. And, um, excuse me, and... um, I've lost my spot, sorry. Oh, our very lives depend on it. And my very staying this way and not falling back into the relapsing that I've done so many times before relies on this. Um, And as chapter seven says, you know, carrying this message, um, nothing will so much as ensure immunity from drinking. So I don't want to go back to that, but also what's kind of cool is I'm also to the point where I want to be of service to others. When I started all this, you know, I was just worried about getting myself out of the mess. So... Um, I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you.
0: I'll pass. Thank you, Jennifer H. And Lindsay B., you're next. Uh,
16: This is Lindsay B. Did you just say my name? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. I was unmuting. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Lindsay B. from New Hampshire, grateful, um, compulsive over EDA. And... um, yeah, let's see, if we keep on the way we're going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. And, you know, I've spent so many, many years in and out of this program, you know, chronic relapse And and I have to say that there have been some, some results. And I realize that for so much, it's been such a long time since I have been heavy, that somehow that means, you know, I'm, uh, working a program, and I always knew deep down that I wasn't, and what I was doing was the diet with the um, with the group support, and what came to me is that um, this disease progressed so much that my life becomes so very, very small when I choose to, well, you know, worse comes to worse, I'll pick up again and then get back on track, and what has become so clear in how much this disease has progressed, that, that my... Thought of others um, is dependent on my own recovery and getting well. And I um, I hear a lot of people talking about we've got to rush through the steps like our hairs on fire to get to, you know, sponsoring. And I have had that incredible experience of sponsoring for two years. What an honor it was. And I keep trying to fly through these steps again, thinking, oh, I just got to get through. And it's okay if I don't get to do all the fourth steps. If I don't think of everything as as be the tenth step, but what I still hadn't done is gotten step one in the way I needed to. And I almost feel a little embarrassed, you know, to be in the program so many years and have to have read the chapter and listened to all the recordings and done all the questions and all that. But for whatever reason, I have allow allowing myself to to stay in step one. However, I'm also aware that I need to change. And what's happened for me is, okay, so maybe I'm not able to sponsor right now, but how can I be different at work? How can my life today, even though I'm in step one, really, if I know I'm going to get through today and be who God wants me to to be, I need to be thinking of others. And because of that, everything's transformed in my job that I was going to leave. Um, It's almost like it's being reinvented. I love my job again, and it started out by, Instead of waiting for someone to say to me, we think you have the potential to do this, Lindsay, because that's what I always want, for people to notice how amazing I am and give me credit based on potential. Instead of that, I'm actually doing things and showing that this is something I can do. And then people are saying, wow, we would like you to actually do this. And it's also interesting enough, you know, my marriage ended three years ago, we've been separated. And that was a really big decision, and I kept thinking, well, no, I've got to stick with the marriage because otherwise I'm running away. But what I realized is that I am, thank you, doing more service for my children and my ex than I ever have before. We have a good relationship with, for whatever reason, we're not meant to be married together, but we are kinder to each other than ever. And I'm so grateful for all these amazing gifts that are happening, and I'm in step one. (laughs) Thank you all. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Lindsay B. And who would like to share? We have a couple, room for two more. Harlan G. Harlan G. Russ M. Russ M. Let's start with the you guys. So Harlan G. followed by Russ M.
17: Thanks, Julie. Thanks for your service and thank you to Team Wednesday for your service as well, making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm reading these words and I think to myself how prophetic and how unbelievably um, magnificent the people were that put this together. Bill, obviously, being chief among them when we talk about. Uh, real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints, and, and a respect for their opinions, our attitudes, which make us more use, excuse me, more useful to others. And um, this is pure Oxford group here on page 20 at the top. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. On page 77, it says, our real purpose is to fit ourselves, to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Bill says in his story that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. I could go on and on and on. But I want to remember something because what we're really talking about here is how are we going to help other people? It starts with me. It starts with my recovery. I cannot give what I don't have. And we have to live it. We have to, in my opinion, for me, recover, recover, and recover. If I don't have it, what I'm screaming to the world is this doesn't work. And before Before I end, I also want to remind myself that this talks about how to bring the message to people, but I want to remember always that there are people already in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous that are dying of their untreated food addiction, that they are in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and they have not get a spiritual awakening as the result of anything, and they are sitting here and they are working tools or trying to diet with group support, and if we can show them what the steps do for us, if we can show them how this book has transformed our lives, we have done everything we can do, and we are hugging each other to death, and there are people sitting in the rooms dying. And if we exemplify this recovery in all the things we do, we've done what we can. And with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. And Russ M., you're next.
1: Russ Good, M. Morning, Good morning,
18: Julie. Good morning, Jewel. Uh, Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. Uh, so those of us who live in large cities that are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. So how, how do we get this message to people? You know, the big back off of Harlan, you know, hugging people to death. I see it at some of my at my face-to-face meetings. And my Sicilian gets up. I get angry. It agitates me. But on the next next paragraph, I got to tolerate people. Truly tolerate them. If you want to help them, you got to love them. And the way to do it, for me, for Russ M, is that we got to live this big book. we got to be the big book to to people and mostly by our actions, you know, live, working a program and, you know, getting through the steps and sharing them without really even using our mouth, you know, by the way we live our lives. And that's the hardest thing for me to do because I'm ready to hit you with the big book and let's go and, you know, force, you can't do it. You can't do it. It has to be, you know... Uh, Live the the big book, if necessary, use words, you know. So I just wanted to share that. And I appreciate everyone on this line. I appreciate this program. And God bless AA, OA, and all of you on this line. That I'll pass.
0: Thank you, M. We have time for one two-minute share.
1: Who would like to take that? I'm sure there's somebody who wants to take that.
5: Terry B. Can I, take uh, Ter-
0: Terry, Can B. I take Terry B. Terry yes. B. Terry B, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, Go sorry. ahead, Terry.
15: Um Terry B compulsive over here in Florida. Uh I sat in my car yesterday while it was raining and I realized, you know, the rain is just God just pouring down his love. It's the rain of his love. And in that, I found my spirituality and meditated in the car while I was saying, I'm missing my dinner hour. But I needed to be in that rain in my car just to feel God's presence. And that's all I wanted to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Perry. <clears throat> so it is now time to close our meeting. Okay, I'd like to give you the share ID for today, Wednesday, the 24th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,960. I'd like to thank everyone who shared, and we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Rachel W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
2: Thank you, Julie